the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. Uh, In my discussion of uh, Joe Biden's uh, fall at the Air Force Academy, I neglected to mention that uh, the New York Times, in the aftermath of the fall, uh, wrote a story called Inside the Complicated Reality of Being America's Oldest President. Uh, It's a complicated reality. You're 82 and you fall down and you can't put words that make sense together in a sentence. Uh, That's not very complicated reality. There are a lot of old people suffering from that. Joe Biden is one of them. But the New York Times uh, continues to demonstrate that it is, as many people have said, a former newspaper. Speaking of uh, former newspapers, the Columbus Dispatch over the weekend uh, tells us that the violence on the city's youth continues. A 14-year-old boy was shot and killed early Saturday morning. Now, thankfully, from the perspective of Columbus Mayor Andrew Ginther, this did not happen in the short north, but this happened on the city's east side where he finds it very easy to ignore it. 14-year-old boy uh, shot and killed near Big Walnut Park. I wonder if they pulled cameras from Big Walnut Park to put them in the short north so that Andrew Ginther and his friends who were in town for the National Mayor's Convention uh, could be uh, protected by the looming eyes of Big Brother. Uh, No violence in the short north unless you count uh, some of the business owners being big mad over the fact that Andrew Ginther's safety measures have pretty much torpedoed their businesses. Now, there were those of us who said that if you eliminate parking in the short north and if you inundate the area with police, Less people will come to the area. Less people in the area means less business. Less business means businesses suffer. Uh, We are three weeks in to the safety measures enacted by the mayor. Saturday was the first gallery hop. Oh, how convenient. On the first weekend of Pride Month, they have a gallery hop. Uh, Residents and businesses, according to 10TV, have expressed mixed feelings about the city's continued measures. Yes, of course They can't ever be universal if they're criticizing the mayor because far be it from 10TV or Channel 6 or Channel 4 to ever criticize the mayor. Far be it from the Columbus Dispatch to ever criticize the mayor. Uh, Some residents say things are back to normal, but uh, one business owner, his name is Sean Shanazi, owner of Santos, which used to be Chop House 614, said his customers are getting their cars towed and many are not showing up at all due to the confusion surrounding curfews, parking, and safety. He tells 10TV, since the restrictions started three weeks ago, business is down over 60%. The uncertainty is just literally killing the business. Well, figuratively killing the business. Literally, until it's killed, we can't even argue about the semantics of it. But 60%, I doubt your margins are 70%. So probably, yes, it will kill the business. 
if in fact the mayor continues his stranglehold on keeping the short north basically free from half the people who used to go down there, which will, of course, cut the exposure to crime. Uh, This business owner says he's begging the city to eliminate the parking restrictions. I don't know if Sean has identified as a member of a marginalized community, but maybe if he'd dress up in drag and twerk around protesting the lack of parking in front of his business, maybe then the mayor would listen to him. He says, I have four people, this is the business owner, I have four people who have quit because they're uncertain. Are they going to have a job a month from now? If this thing continues, how are they going to pay their bills next month? This is extremely urgent. I have 35 employees. This is their livelihood. This is my livelihood. This is a $20 million investment. I'm not the only one. Hmm. It appears that he is insinuating that the mayor of Columbus, the estimable Andrew Ginther, reacted in a knee-jerk way to two violent weekends in the short north and did not think through all the consequences of his policies to eliminate crime in the short north. That is what it appears this restaurant owner is insinuating, which I agree with. (laughs) I agree with all that. So... Look, I feel for him. I would not want, I do not want any business to uh, close, any reputable business at least. I have no reason to think that his steakhouse is not a reputable business. And I'm sure their food and service are good and adequate, and he was probably doing just fine before the way of life in the short north was seriously disrupted. Now, we want safe neighborhoods. I'm not saying to relax the standards so that we all of a sudden have another breakout of tombstone right here on our own streets. But maybe if we would prioritize safety in neighborhoods before we get to the point where we have 10 shootings in a weekend, before we have someone shot the following weekend, that's, like we used to say on the farm, uh, kind of a problem where the horse is out of the barn when you close the barn door. Like, there are habits that have been developed and have been allowed to flourish, and now you're trying to get your arms around them. And the only way to get your arms around a problem like that when it's out of control is to respond with overwhelming overreach, which is to eliminate parking and inundate the area with police and install a curfew. Because if you just do baby steps, you're not going to get the big giant leap and change behavior that you're aiming for. And this was essential for Andrew Ginther to get the big giant leap in behavior that he was aiming for because he had his mayoral buddies from around the country coming into town for the National Mayor's Conference. Now that's over. And maybe when you go to dinner this weekend at Hyde Park and 614, excuse me, Chop House 614, maybe you should uh, hope for seasonably cooler weather so you can wear your Kevlar vest and not sweat. But when the mayor has allowed crime to flourish in the city's poorer neighborhoods, when he has allowed juvenile criminals to go 
largely unpunished. And set your clock by this. The kids this morning who were involved in this accident with a car near Grandview, 670 exit of Grandview, crashed into a dump truck. Would you bet against, here's my question, how much money would you bet that these kids, A, don't have stolen car offenses on their previous record? How much would you bet? You wouldn't because nobody likes to give money away. Of course they did. I deal in so many of these stories that I struggle to recall them when I need to, to lend credence to the assertions that I am making. But we just last week, I know we just had a kid. We had, oh, let me, now I got it. Yeah. We had, was it five kids in a stolen car crashed into a Columbus fire truck? The driver of the stolen car was 12, was 12. And the five kids in the car had four guns. Now, you can do whatever you want to do, Zach Klein, law director, Elaine Bryant, chief of police, inspector general, whose name I don't remember because you haven't done anything of consequence since you, like Bryant, and assistant chief of police, LaShawna Potts, came here from Detroit. You can do whatever you want to do at this point in time to demonstrate that you're not just prattling on and making noises with your mouth about how unacceptable this is. You can do whatever you want to do. The problem is too big for you to fix at this point with half measures. Now you're at a point where you're going to have to get everybody on board. You're going to have to get the prosecutorial arm of the law enforcement agencies. You're going to have to get the Cops on the street, you're going to have to get the judges, you're going to have to get everybody on board. And the only thing I ever hear when you hold a press conference is, it's all of our problem and the parents have to do more. The sad reality that we have had bad parents for a long, long, long time in this country. And we will not eliminate bad parenting. We will not eliminate it. We can mitigate it if we have in place procedures and policies that ingrain a consequence that is more painful than the continued activity you're trying to prevent. See, if the consequence of stealing a car, crashing a car, going into the short north and inducing mayhem, if the consequence is not exceeding what the kid gets out of doing that, the emotional thrill, the money they steal, the whatever, the social media bona fides of live streaming their crash of the stolen vehicle. If the consequences do not exceed it, then that behavior will continue. Change happens when the cost of changing is deemed to be more than the consequence of staying the same. I'm sure I've heard a sonic boom before. Uh, I just don't really remember that it was anything that was, uh, you know, too scary. But apparently over Washington, D.C. on Sunday, uh, the windows rattled and the doors vibrated because of a sonic boom from a couple F-16 fighter jets. They were launched from uh, D.C. National Guard headquarters to intercept 
a small private jet that had taken off from Tennessee. It was on its way to the Hamptons in New York. Got to the point where it should have started its descent to land. And then it whipped a U-turn and started flying directly for Washington, D.C. This, of course, set off alarm bells. What is this jet doing in airspace where it is not entitled to be? And so they scrambled the F-16s two of them from three different locations, and uh, two of the jets were so far away they were not going to get there in time, so they requested and received permission to fly at supersonic speed, thus the sonic boom. And what it appears happened is that the jet's pilot either passed out and the passengers couldn't get in the cabin, or more likely there was a pinhole depressurization situation or problems with the oxygen and everybody on board just slowly passed out went to sleep and eventually the jet ran out of fuel and spiraled nose first down into uh, the mountains of Virginia Uh, this of course if you are uh, age mm, 35-ish or so You will probably remember a similar incident in 1999 involving the former Memorial Tournament champion Payne Stewart. He was flying on a private jet, and the jet was tracked for hours and hours and hours. It was on autopilot, and eventually it ran out of fuel and spiraled nose first down into uh, the ground in South Dakota. So this thing happens. Uh, Here is a former FAA official named Scott Brenner explaining why the plane, when it got to the area in the vicinity of its landing, would have turned around and continued to fly. When you set the autopilot, you are usually setting for a destination. So here they were, the destination was MacArthur and Islip, um, and that, that autopilot will take you right to the threshold of the runway. So they were probably vectored into that runway, set that autopilot, and that's why that plane makes that turn is basically it's lining up for landing. Um, And then once, you know, the autopilot does not control altitude, it's just direction. And so, you know, it got to the threshold, but it was at 34,000 feet and then just kept going. So there you go. The turn was programmed into the plane because a lot of times when you're landing you know you bank left you bank right to get online to turn and then you take it off autopilot this obviously this pilot was not uh, in any condition to do that and then the plane flew until it ran out of gas uh, the people on board all uh, deceased now uh, the plane was registered to a guy in North Carolina who uh, runs a uh, company called Encore Motors his daughter his daughter's two-year-old uh, daughter so his granddaughter and the uh, woman and child's nanny were on board the plane in addition to the pilot. So a very sad story. A uh, very, very sad story. Speaking of uh, conflicts in the air and in the sea, uh, Mike Turner, congressman uh, for the Dayton area, uh, is taking note of the fact that it appears the People's Republic of China is becoming increasingly hostile toward U.S. military forces. Uh, Turner, on one of the Sunday news shows, was talking about the fact that on Saturday, a Chinese warship, and I've seen the video of this, it's harrowing, a Chinese warship came within 150 yards 
of a U.S. Navy destroyer in the South China Sea. These are international waters. We are entitled to be there. We are there, of course, because of the imminent threat of China to Taiwan. And this small Chinese warship just cuts right in front of us in the South China Sea. Also, we got the Chinese spy balloon, of course. And then last weekend, we had another, I don't know if I'd say close call, because I think this is purposeful on the part of the Chinese. I think they're trying to bait us into something. And they don't care for their people the way that we presumably care for ours. So if they put a fighter jet up, and the fighter jet, as it did a week ago, uh, engages one of our jets, and if we happen to shoot it down, oh, then the U.S. starts an international incident, right? So here is Mike Turner uh, on one of the Sunday news shows talking about this ongoing provocation from China. What we're seeing is an unbelievable aggression by China. If you look at the balloon that flew over the United States, the Chinese police stations, the aggressiveness against our uh, both planes and ships and international water, they're trying to um, you know, flex their muscles and advance authoritarianism. We need to stand strong, and certainly this administration needs to stand strong against this type of, uh, of coercion. Well, that's not exactly been our strong suit with Joe Biden in the White House. Standing strong against this kind of coercion, and I laugh every time I hear reports about Biden and his family members getting unbelievable sums of money, inexplicable sums of money from China, and people go, well, I mean, you know, the president didn't receive. He can't tie it to the president. Sure, his son and his brother and his grandchildren got the money, and his daughter-in-law got the money, but you can't tie it to the president. Well, what you should know about the foreign influence peddling laws is that you don't have to tie it to Joe Biden. Family members are not allowed to benefit from your position in the government either. So that is already a violation of the law. And then the other thing you hear is, well, what kind of policies were changed? You can't prove any policies that have been changed. I mean, give me a policy that advantages one of the countries that sent checks to the Biden family. Well, why did we let the spy balloon fly over our country for like a week at a time and send all this data back to China? Why do we let this nonsense go on without engaging China? Would it be a plausible, reasonable, possible explanation that they have dirt on Joe Biden and the Biden family that he doesn't want disclosed? I mean, do you think that would be proposed as a theory if this were happening to, oh, I don't know, say Donald Trump from 2017 to the first few days of his presidency in 2021. Do you think that would be thrown? Oh, now you know. You know it would be. So, this will continue. It will be allowed to continue. James Comer, head of House Oversight, is supposed to view the document today uh, at the FBI that details Biden profiting. Will anything come of that? Mm, I don't know. I can hope. Stand by. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.